For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen. Isn't it wonderful to be able to be with family and friends? Amen. It's amazing to me to see this time of year, all of the memories that come flooding back. And yes, I know that for some of you, as to our family too, there are some sadnesses this time of year because you've lost a loved one this year. I understand that I feel that very deeply. But I do also understand that as we celebrate today and as we gather together as a church family, that we have something called hope. And I think that's what this season is all about, is hope. Now, young people, there is in this sermon a sentence, if you would put it together. Um, at the end of church, I have some gifts in my office, and you can come get those uh, after the church service. But there is a sentence that's hidden, but yet really not hidden, if you would like to look for it. And we will start right now. Now, this is an interesting topic for a, a, a Christmas sermon, but it is not. The dark day, we are to be children of the light. I don't know about you, but this time of year, it does get dark really early. And when it gets dark really early, what is the thing that we typically do in our houses? Turn on the lights. Yeah, some of you are like, sleep. <laughs> We actually go to sleep a little earlier this time of year because the sun does go down a little bit earlier. But today I'm talking about something a little different. We're going to fast forward and go back to the birth of Jesus a couple times. The text that I'd like us to look up is in Mark, and Mark chapter 15. And I'm going to start with verse 33. If you look at the life of Jesus Christ, you understand that he came for one purpose only, and that was to save us from our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and make sure that we have a good relationship with him. So in, in Mark chapter 15, verse 33, it says, Now when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. How many of you have ever had darkness all of a sudden appear for a few hours? I don't think I've ever seen it, really, unless there's a really bad storm. I was up in Door County during the summer one time, and all of a sudden, it was 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and then it was midnight. And it stayed that way, but not for three hours. In fact, if you look, even if there was an eclipse, there's no eclipse for three hours. So here we go. There is darkness over the land from the sixth to the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani which is translated, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Can you imagine being there at that time? Can you imagine being there and understanding what's going on? You see, Jesus, in all of his foreknowledge and all that, decided to come and give his life for us. The dark day was for some a day that was etched in their minds all the people had abandoned Jesus, except for, and here we go, look at this, except for 
Jesus' mother, his mother's sister, married the wife of Clopas, or Clops, and Mary Magdalene, and John the Beloved. Can you imagine having this, all of a sudden, there's this great feeling that Jesus is going to be something great and something wonderful, and he dies on a cross, and in dying on a cross, he pays for our sins. The people didn't understand it because they thought that he was going to come and be king of kings and lord of lords, and his seat of authority was going to be, yes, here on earth. In fact, when the prophets told about Jesus, everybody was expectant, and they said, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. They were like, oh, he's going to be there. He's going to have the government right there, and he's going to lift it up. Nope, they were on his shoulders, beating him down. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then the cross. Go back to the birth of Jesus Christ. The birth of Jesus Christ was on a lowly night. And ladies, let me ask you a question. If you've just walked a number of miles or even ridden on a donkey or a cart and you're about ready to give birth, is that baby coming early? It better be. But there was something different about that birth. There was something different when all of a sudden the shepherds heard from the angels, it is time to go see the Messiah. People had been waiting and waiting and waiting, and it was just one thing that everybody knew, the Messiah was coming, and then when it was announced, nobody really knew, except for people that you wouldn't think would know, and that's the shepherds, and then later on, the wise men. How many of you have ever looked at the word is? It's an insignificant word, is it not? It's just a filler. In fact, if you look at it carefully, you're like, well, pastor, there's really no purpose in this word. You see, it's a simple verb, but God uses it a lot, an awful lot. In fact, I looked in the Bible concordance, and this is inaccurate, by the way, because it just depends on which translation you're in, four to 5,000 times, and I would say probably maybe even six to 7,000 times. But it means a state of being. He was and is and is to come. Revelation 4, I mean, 1, 4 to 7. What is in that word of from him who is and was and who is to come, and from Jesus, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the king of the earth, kings of the earth, to him who loves us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us king and priest to his God and Father, to him be the glory, dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with clouds and everyone shall see him. You see, the word is, is very powerful in the Bible because when God says it, it happens. In fact, when he created this world, all he said is, let there be, and it was. Or in the case of the people watching, it is. Is is very important. Very, very important to each one of us. The, an article, really, you're like, Pastor, <laughs> you okay? <laughs> the, 
in English language, it doesn't mean a whole lot. It's just kind of a precursor to a noun, the. But put it on something very important in the Bible, and it turns out something totally different. The Christ. Every time in Greek, in Greek when the word Jesus is used, there's this little O with a breathing mark above it that means basically the one and only. There is no other, and you can't, you can't really be confused by it. The. How many of you would like to get the Christmas gift? The Christmas gift. Well, the expectations might be a little different than the reality, but you want the gift. In fact, if you look at the gift of God, that is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, it is the gift. The is one of those words that I looked in the Bible too, and I found out that it was mentioned so many times that I gave up counting. I didn't even do the math of this way and that way on the pages because there was just so many of them. But here is something very interesting. The Messiah, the Lamb, the Great I Am, the Bright and Morning Star, the Prince of Peace, and the names go on and on and on. If you took out the, it would just be another prince. It would be just another Messiah. It would be just another bright person. It would be just not Jesus. It holds a lot of weight in just one word. It may be an article, but it means something oh, oh, so wonderful. Light of the world. How many of you have ever had the electricity go out and it's about midnight, one, two, or three in the morning and you're trying to find out where the matches are or where the flashlight's at? I was hoping that would not happen last night because all of a sudden, scrolling across one of my um, Wii app, I, you know, Wii Energies, it says, turn your heat down to 65 degrees. Otherwise, we might run out of gas. And I was like, uh-oh. The light's going to go too? And then I looked on the app and I realized that there were people in Sheboygan, people down near Milwaukee, and people up north that had no power last night. Not a whole lot of them, considering how many people are on the electrical grid. But still, can you imagine last night being without heat and electricity? Brr. Even for Wisconsinites, it's like, hmm, let's burn the furniture. Let's keep warm. Your house would be more than just a light. But what is a light? We look at them and we take them for granted. In fact, you can buy them for almost nothing nowadays. It's just few cents maybe, maybe a dollar or two because inflation. But we don't take into consideration all that it does for us. In fact, when you're driving down the road, you don't even need to put on your lights anymore. They automatically go on. It's one of those things that we just don't think about. We take it for granted. Turn in your Bibles with me to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, and I'm going to read verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. You see, when we have a relationship with God, it is something oh so important to realize that he is the light of the world. How many of you have ever had a dark day, like mentally, physically, this year? 
I thought the darkness had taken over. And then I read this and I said, okay, if he's the light of the world and I'm a child of God, if it's dark outside, who's going to light it up? It's going to be God through me. And so we raise our little flashlight, our little candle, and we hold it. I don't know how many of you were ever scared of the dark when you were a kid. Don't raise your hands. Because <laughs> some of you adults are like, I'm still scared of the dark. Don't tell my kids. <laughs> but it's interesting that when, when, when we're in the dark, it's a lot different than when we're in the light. When we're in the light, we understand, we have more confidence, we have more understanding of what's going around us. In fact, one little candle, one little candle in a room will start to illuminate even the corners of the room. It makes shadows, but still there's light we can see. Imagine what it would be like to have God come and say, I am the light of the world. He was the one that said, let there be the sun. Let there be the stars. Let there be the moon. And boom, it was there. How many of you think about what that really means? How many of you have ever said, let there be a nuclear plant so that I may have electricity? He did that on a scale that we can't even understand with our sun. So he, being the light of the world, spoke it into existence. And there it was. If we have to follow Jesus because we are in darkness, we have to stick near him so the path is illuminated. His disciples understood this and wanted to learn from him in every way possible. They wanted to know about the Father. And he says, oh, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Every time I think about this time of year with the short days, I think, wow, I can't wait till summer. In just a few more months, I can't wait till winter. Would, would it, what would it be like for us to just live in the moment, to understand that if we're near Jesus Christ, that that doesn't have to be just once or twice a year or three times a year, but it can be every day starting in our home. There will be no darkness in our home if Jesus is around. If you look up Revelation 21 with me just briefly, Revelation 21, 23. Right near the end there. Talking about the new Jerusalem. Because that's where Jesus is. We all talk about heaven. We all want to go there. The fastest way to heaven is to be right next to Jesus. Follow him all the way. And it says in 23, the city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminated it. The lamb is the light. And the nations of those who saved shall walk in this light and the kings of the earth will bring their glory and honor to it. It's amazing to me to see this, to understand that God is more than just, oh, I can see but he is something very, very important that gives us the opportunity to follow without tripping and falling. Revelation 22, verse 5, also says, There will be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they will reign forever and ever. So what happens this time of year? How do we react to the light? If I receive the light of God and live around him, I am only looking for that light. I ignore the darkness. If a light is put in a dark room, people squint 
And they were like, oh, that's too bright. But if you're always around the light and it goes dark, it's hard to see in the dark, isn't it? How many of you have ever been shoveling snow for a long time, come home into your house that's a little darker? What color is in front of your eyes? How many of you have ever had snow blindness? <laughs> I was skiing for an entire day, and it was all bright and beautiful, and then I came into the lodge, I couldn't see anything except for green because I had snow blindness. But it's interesting, when you're in the light, it doesn't affect you that, like when you're in the dark. When you're in the dark and all of a sudden the light goes on, everybody goes, oh. But if you come in from the light to the darkness, you squint. How do we react to the light that is called Jesus Christ? If I've received the light of God and live around him, I only want him near me. I ignore the darkness. The light is put in front of me and I say, ooh, I want that. I don't want darkness around me. Romans 13, 1 to 14 says, You know what sort of times we live in, and so you should live properly. It is time to wake up. You know that the day when you will be saved is near. Now that when we first put our faith in the Lord, night is almost over, and the day will soon appear. We must stop behaving as people who do in the dark and be ready for the light, live in the light. So behave properly as people who do in the day. Do not, don't go with wild parties and get drunk and be vulgar and indecent. Don't quarrel or be jealous. Let the Lord Jesus Christ be as near to you as the clothes you are wearing. When you won't, then you won't try to satisfy your selfish desires. In this time of year, it is a time of giving. It is a wonderful time because we give gifts to one another. We do not want to live as people who do not know who Jesus is, who God is. And as we do that, it's wonderful to look to somebody next to you and say, you know what? You're a child of Jesus Christ. I care about you deeply. You're a child of Jesus Christ. Even if I don't get a gift this year, I'll still like you because you know what? You're a child of Jesus Christ. So today we have dedicated two little ones to Jesus. We as a church are to make sure that all they hear is Jesus Christ lifted up. That means that if there's any quarrels or anything like that, that we make them short, sweet, and end fast. And we make sure that the children of light say, listen, kids, we care about you. Yeah, we adults make mistakes, but guess what? We want to point you to Jesus Christ. It is with thankfulness in our hearts that we dedicate not only our children, but ourselves today to become children of light. Because the dark day was at the cross. And the bright day is soon coming because Jesus is coming soon. It's amazing to me this, this time of year that we can think about that so often. And the rest of the year, we kind of let it go. And I'm speaking from myself, not from your point of view. But it's interesting for me that this time of year is the most wonderful time of year because we rethink our relationships with Jesus Christ. And as we go into the new year, we purpose in our hearts that we will follow him more closely because he is the light of the world. Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, we pray that you will illuminate us so that if anybody is looking, that they may see only you, that will reflect everything that you have. And dear Father, I want to thank you for each family that is represented here, each child. And dear Father, the, the legacy of each child here, dear Father, we pray that it will be a legacy that leads to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.